For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dear listeners, welcome to the Kodesh Family Church, Philadelphia, under the leadership of Bishop Dag Heward Mills. This denomination has grown with over several branches all over the world. We are excited to come your way with the anointed word of God, which has the power to heal, deliver and save you. Stay tuned as we receive God's word through his servant, Reverend Gilbert Fleischer. You know, I was just telling Pastor Kobe that I should have made him preach today. Because my voice is very hoarse. Um, I try not to. I think it happened when, when I was praying for people. Because when I was preaching, I tried to control my, my um, voice. But it's going away. So give me a good balanced volume to, today. So that I don't have to really. Amen. Amen. Why don't we start with the verse for the week? The verse for the week. We have a lot of things to do this morning. We have baby dedication. We have communion. And um, so let's keep going. All right. So this is a very simple verse, isn't it? Matthew 3 and verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. Can you show us the amplified version? I think that just explains it, and I won't have to say anything anymore. Amplified version. Is it coming? Nat is there. Oh, I left the, the water gun, you know. I took it this morning just for Nat. I told him that I'm going to shoot him if he doesn't bring my verses. Even when he's not there, it's his fault. Matthew 3 and 8. Look at it. It says, bring forth fruit that is consistent with repentance. Let your lives prove your change of heart. Wow. So it's simple, isn't it? If you say you are born again, Charlie, let's see it. Just show it by the fruits that you bear. All right, let's go back to the King James. And um, so this is how to use the Amplified and the King James. Stick to the King James, but use other versions to explain the scripture. Sometimes when you read them, it says it's deviating too much. If you feel in your heart it's deviating, believe it. Just come back to the King James. Because the King James is original and it's always right. Amen. Is that you? Wow, good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. All right. Let's say it together. Matthew 3 and 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. Sometimes the King James Version is a little very old-fashioned. It's a meat. Meat means not to have a meeting, but... Meat means it's, it's befitting, isn't it? Let's say it one more time. Matthew 3, 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. So that's your verse for the week. Meditate on it. And if you feel that this verse is speaking to you, particularly about the way your life is, that your life is not really bringing forth fruit, that shows you are a Christian, just correct it. Just do it. Do it. Do the right thing. Amen. And God will bless you. Close your eyes as we pray, as we come before the word. Everyone close your eyes and speak to God. Begin, begin to speak to God this morning. Talk to him. Ask him to minister to you. Ask him to speak particularly to your heart. Ask him to help you not to leave this place the same this morning. As we gather in his presence. Come on. I want to hear some saints praying. Lift up your voice. Yes. 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 Father, speak to us. Speak to me. Touch my heart, O oh God, through your word. Come on, let, it, let that be your prayer. Let that be your prayer this morning. Lord, touch my heart through your word. Touch my heart through your word. Give me a great impartation. Pray that this morning you would embrace the word of God. You will not pass it on. When the word comes, you will not say, oh, that's for my next door neighbor. You would embrace it and accept it as your word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for another great opportunity to, to be here, to hear your word, and for you to speak to us. We ask that, Lord, you, you minister to our hearts. This morning, let your word enter. Your word says, the entrance of your word given light. Let light, let us be enlightened, oh God. Enlightenment, oh God, that would even take us even out of darkness, out of places that we ought not to be, into your glorious light. We thank you, we bless you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, please be seated. Beautiful. So we're going to continue our series on many are called. Many are called. Amen. And today I'm going to just share briefly from chapter 15 of Many Are Called. If you have the book, you can just follow. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. And we'll read some scriptures. And then we'll go on from there. So Matthew 24... Matthew 25, sorry. Matthew 25. Jesus, if you have the words, a Bible with the words of Jesus in, in red, you would see that Jesus is speaking a lot here, isn't it? One of the chapters where he spoke a lot. And he gave parables about the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Now, one of the parables that he gave is what we commonly call the parable of the talents. How many of you know that one? You, you sound, you, or you look very quiet today. Are you okay? Tap you, touch your neighbor and say, are you okay? Many of you were not part of yesterday's meeting, so I don't see why you should be tired. Huh? At least if you were here the whole of yesterday and you looked tired, I can understand. I don't know why you did. Ask your neighbor, what were you doing yesterday? Were you, were, you, were you doing too much work? What were, what were you doing? <laughs> Amen. But I believe that you're going to be blessed this morning. Do you believe it? All right. So in Matthew 25, one of the parables that he gave was a parable of the talents. And in this parable, starting from verse 14, Jesus talked about, about, if I let's, I feel if we read it, it's very long, but... All right, let's read it. It says, But the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his good. So, Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of heaven is like. This is how my kingdom is. It's like someone who is traveling. Then he called his servants and then he gave them talents, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Everybody says several ability. Say according to my ability. So that is how God gives us talents. God gives us talents based on our ability. God looks at someone and says, you can handle three. Take three. Take it. Then he turns to somebody else and he says, you can handle four. Take four. Take it. So God gave or gives several, he gives talents based on our ability to handle what he thinks we can handle. And then the Bible says, and straightway he took his journey. Then watch what happens. The one who had five talents eh, went and he worked on it. He traded. He, he, he worked, did a lot of activities with the five talents. And he gained five more. Then the one who had two also went ahead and worked with the two that he had. And then he made two more. So they all doubled what they had. Then verse 18. But he that had received one went and then he digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. 
You see? So, so far, everything is cool. Turn to your neighbor and say, so far, everything is cool. Yes. Now, everything stays cool until one day. And the Bible says in verse 9, it says, after a long time, a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Wow. Now, that's the thing about God. Do you see? And that is why a lot of times you know you are doing something wrong, but it looks like it's going well. You see, because you're in the season and the period of a long time. In my country, there's a, there's a saying, a, we joke with it, we say it's that, that there, how many days for the, the, the thief? Six days for the thief. And one day for the master. Because the thief can enjoy and still and still and still and still. But there are only seven days in a week. You cannot have all the seven days. One of the days is for the master who would catch you. Amen? So a lot of times when we are doing things and we're not doing in the, in the right way, it's just a deception that makes us feel like, oh, we are, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, that's how a lot of spiritual things are. You're not doing the right thing, but it looks like it's flowing. And when I say the right thing, I don't, you see, a lot of times when we talk about right and wrong, we always think about the five big sins. Stealing, fornicating, drugs, what else? Killing. That, that, that's the thing that we always think about. But when we talk about not, you know, the, 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 the wrong things, we're also sometimes talking about things that you ought to do that you are not doing. That's also wrong. When we were in Scripture many years ago, we taught about sins of commission and sins of omission. Isn't it? So sometimes things that you don't do, a lot of times you look at things that we do that are wrong. But there are a lot of things that we ought to be doing that we don't do. That is also wrong. Are you understanding? Yeah. But I want you to know that after a long time, it will catch up with you. Yes. Be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 20. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. It's not said unto him. Now, note, note carefully verse 21. Whenever I read this passage, I always talk about this. It's not said unto him. Look at it. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. Then one, look at what the Lord said to him. His Lord said unto him, Well done. Are you in verse 23? Keep your eye on 23. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Were you reading verse 20, 23? But I was reading verse 21. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't reading 23. I was reading 21 to you, and you were reading 23. Was there a difference? There was no difference. So the response that the Lord gave to the one who had five and made five more was the same response as he gave to the one who had two and made two more. And it would have been the same response that he gave to the he would have given to the one if he had made one more. But that was not the case. Look at what happened to the one man. Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou 
has that is thine. Take the one that you gave to me. I'm giving you back the one. <laughs> Let me take a quick side journey. Incidentally, people feel and think if what this parable is teaching us is true, and these are the words of Jesus, people feel and think that once you have a lot to do, do you get it? Your, your reward will be greater than somebody who had less to do. No, it is not about size of, of the assignment. It is about doing the assignment. It is about doing the assignment. If Bishop's dark role is to win 100 million souls, and your role is to win 10,000 souls, or your role is to win 100 souls, if we faithfully win, you faithfully win your 100 souls, by this teaching that Jesus is teaching, the way God will please with you, and the words God will say to you, is basically the same. So it is about assignment. It is about your assignment. Tap your neighbor and say, what assignment are you fulfilling? See, after all this talking about the year of the shepherd, what assignment are you fulfilling? Look at 26. So instead of he saying what he said to the other two, this is what the Lord said. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I would have received mine own with usury or interest. So the minimum you could have done was to even invest. <laughs> On that day of reckoning, there will be no excuse. Yeah. I mark my words, which are biblical. Now you seem not to be concerned, but there will come a day in your life that you will be concerned. And I hope that that day that you start beginning to feel concerned, it will be not too late to make an impact in this world. Wow. You see, this kind of messages people don't like too much. But it's the truth. We are preaching from the words of Jesus, isn't it? The words of Jesus are the highest words. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Rick Joyner who had that vision? And was complaining. I mean, it, 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 it was like he was being shown that we sometimes even pay more attention to the words of other people. The Pauline revelations. The revelations of Paul, the, the revelations of Jesus are higher. Thank God for the Pauline revelations. Paul made us understand things a little better. But the revelations are of Christ. Amen? So, value the words of Jesus. If you had only five minutes to spend, read the words of Jesus than the words of any other man. Are you here or you've gone home? All right. So let's go on. Then verse 27, 28. Take therefore the talent from him and give it, and, and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto everyone that had shall, shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away even that which he had. And thirty, and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. So this shows how people who seem to be doing more, are always getting more to do. Huh? The reward of work is more work. The reward of hard work is more work. Isn't it? And yet, it comes with anointing. That is why our bishop is always going higher in anointing. So let's talk about reasons why people do not use their talents. Reasons why people do not use their talents. Let's learn from this one talent man. Now, the first reason is that they are afraid. Fear. So you can say the first reason is fear. Being afraid. Being afraid. In Matthew 25, we just read 25, 25. 
This was the excuse he gave, isn't it? He said, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid. You cannot use fear as an excuse not to use the talents that God has given to you. On that day of reckoning, it shall not be an excuse. It will not, it will not be an, an acceptable excuse. Michael, are you following? Yeah. God will not accept I was afraid. And there are people in church with talents. Talents of they can sing. By the way, the choir, your song was very nice. If we had time, I think you should sing it again. It's a very nice song. Yeah. You think when I'm there, I'm not listening. I'm listening to everything going on here. So, you can't use fear as an excuse. Fear not to sing. Yes. Yesterday, I was talking to a sister from another branch. She said she wanted to talk to me. I said, okay, come. So, we came aside and she was telling me something about her life. And she was telling me how, and you could see God was blessing her with, with gifts. Do you see? But you could sense a fear even to use the gifts. You cannot do that. It cannot be an excuse. There are many of you sitting here in church that you know in your heart that there are things that you are capable of doing. Things that you could do. Things that you can do. Things that would help even to move the vision forward. But you sit down doing nothing because every time you are afraid. All kinds of fears. Fear that if I put my foot in, I won't have time for some other thing. Fear that if I put my foot in, I may not be able to even do some work and then I'll, my salary will drop. Fear, I mean fear of all kinds of things. Fear of if I become a little more committed, it's going to take away from this. And therefore I can't. You see, it's a deception. Because the people who are putting themselves in it are just getting more blessed. <laughs> Ever since I started, I haven't reduced one bit. I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah. In fact, sometimes even the, 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 the work becomes even so much for me, I can't even know which one to tackle first. It is, but I'm blessed. My life is blessed. I can't say anything more than that. My life is just simply blessed. So you cannot use fear to not take your talent up and work with your talent. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, fear not. Say, fear not. Say, move away from fear and begin to work. All right. Second reason is hiding your gifts. Hiding your gifts. I'm sure if we, we, we started seeking and probing into people's lives now, we'll find hidden talents. I don't say that there are some of you who even play instruments. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So there are some talents that people purposely hide. Maybe you can even arrange flowers. As you come to church and you look at this, you know, you are sitting there, you are looking at it. Oh, this thing, I think I could punch something here, put something here. I could make it a, probably a little more colorful. And to make matters worse, you do it on the side as a side business. <laughs> Yeah. Some of you can bake. I mean, you can bake. Sometimes I, you know, sometimes when people bring food and stuff, I don't really eat too much, but sometimes we'll bring something to her. I think you should try this. So I said, whoa, who baked this? I said, wow, you baked, she baked that? Yeah. We should be seeing more of your baking. <laughs> Perhaps if you even baked, we could have maybe even we can have some evangelism based on bake, baking. Yeah. 
picking and a friend to church. Just title is something. I mean, there, there's something that you can do. But you're hiding it. There's no difference between you and this one-man talent guy. Yes, there's no difference. <laughs> there's no difference. You are doing exactly what he did. Same verse, Matthew 25, 5, 25. Look at it again. And I was afraid. So being afraid, the next thing was that, and I went and went and hid thy talent. You see, these things, when we talk about it, it's like it's so far-fetched. But there are people who are hiding. You are hiding what you can do. Yeah. Some of you even talking. I mean, you are, you are talented with talking. I mean, you can talk. <laughs> yeah. You can hold a... If you can talk, there's no reason why you cannot be in the evangelism team. You have a certain charisma that even when you stand and you start chatting with people, people just click with you. Yeah. Where's my dear sister Effa? Is she here today? Effa. Sister Effa has friends. Man. <laughs> she has friends. Mom, is it not so? Yeah, friends. And when you see her with her friends, friends are happy around her. I mean, she's a very happy, happy go person. I, I just, even I like her. I mean, when you're around her, you're happy. She'll make you laugh. Tell her I preach with her today. <laughs> Auntie Philomena, tell her I preach with her today. Yes. It should be. So I keep telling her, I tell her, just invite your friends. Eh? Just invite, let them come. And there are people like that. We have talents. We have talents. We have talents. And there's much more we can do. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop hiding your talents. Third reason, fault-finding attitude. 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 That's one of the common American things. You raise your voice more trying to argue about you have an attitude. Everything you have an attitude. Ah, let's talk small now you have an attitude. I'm, I'm not saying anything. Just, just discussing the attitude. <laughs> it's one of the common HR complaints. <laughs> this guy has an attitude, isn't it? Yeah. So a fault-finding attitude is also one of the reasons why this guy Ah, uh, did not do well. Go back to Matthew 25 and 24. We'll be in 20, Matthew most of the time. So keep, keep, keep a bookmark there. Look at 24. It says, Then he which had received one talent came and said, Oh, Lord, Lord, I knew that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not stored. I mean, it's a bad attitude. You see, people have that. Yeah. I don't want to work with Pastor Kobe anymore because the last time I spoke, I worked with him. I tried to do a project with him. Reverend said we should go out and do, do some visitations. When I worked with him, it didn't go well at all. It didn't go well at all. It didn't go well at all. Yes. I did something small. The way he even talked to me, I really don't. I didn't, and he's a hard man. He's a very hard man. And I don't really want to work with him anymore. Do you see? So because of that, you're hiding your talent. Next time we call, we say, Pastor Kobe is heading a group of people. We are heading this way. Join. This man, I know him. He's a hard man. When I work with him, I'll get... That's, that's one man. That's exactly what he did. And he does not bring blessings. Amen. The gentleman with one talent did nothing because he, he found fault with the master who sent him forth. He described him as a hard man who benefited from things he did not deserve. It is not difficult to find fault with someone or something if you are looking for it. Yeah. If you want, we can even do an exercise right, right, right now. Yes. If you, if you like them, you would have one now. And I'll just make you turn to your neighbor. And I'll let you look at your neighbor and find fault. 
tell you. We'll find some, especially the women. We'll find places where the ponds is a little lighter. Faith, how are you? Yeah? We'll find, we'll, we'll find some unevenness. And then the men, let's look at your hairline. We'll see that the left is a little different from the right. Because the barber went a little f- too deep. If you want to find fault, you will find fault. Yeah. And leaders, listen to this. Leaders are the ones that you can find fault with the most. Because we stand in front. As we are standing in front right now, all right, when we close and we go home, what I wore today can be remembered. If I came and I spilled coffee in my white shirt, you will see, do you remember? But nobody will see the other three people who spilled more coffee in their shirt that day, today. Or who wore other white shirts with stains. In. Nobody will see that one. It's my dad you see. Because I always stand in front and it's as though I'm exposed. So as for faults, you will find. You cannot use faults not to work with your talent. It is no excuse. Amen. Number four. Despising the type of gift you have. Despising the type of gift you have. And then number five, despising the smallness of your gift. I want you to know the difference. All right? So one, four is despising the, the gift, the type of gift. And then number five, despising the smallness. All right? So there are two different things. So some people don't do certain things because they, they, they just don't like their type of gift. Maybe your type of gift is a gift that maybe works with witnessing. But you're despising it because you want a type of gift like Stephanie where you'll be giving your own platform for like 15, 20 minutes to sing three songs. So, so you are, disp- are you understanding? So you are despising your type of gift. It's, it's still no excuse. Every gift counts. And again, God rewarding us, God's commendation is not based on the type of gift. And it's also not based on the, the size of the gift. Yes. The reward is the same. So those of you who sing in the choir, all right, maybe up to now, hear that too, King James English, you have not been given opportunity to sing a solo. It doesn't matter. Keep singing. Maybe one day you will sing a solo. Or maybe you, one day you sing the lead part. Like Sister Joanne will sing, or Sister Shea will sing, or Sister Emma will sing. Maybe one day. I can't promise you. Maybe one day. But even if one day doesn't happen, be it known unto you that you still count. Your voice still counts. Yesterday, one of the things I said, I remember as I was, I was sharing, was that when we get to heaven, we'll be very surprised at where some people would be in heaven. High-ranking. People that you never imagined that they were actually doing work and doing things in the church or in the kingdom. You'll be very surprised. Yeah. Very surprised. Even as a pastor, I can tell you from my heart that there are some people who mean a lot to me. Yeah. You all mean a lot to me, but there are some people who really, someone like Auntie Evelyn. I mean, Auntie Evelyn has always sat in the front to my left, mostly. Everywhere we've been for years. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't help but miss her when she's not here. Yeah. For years. <laughs> Never has she failed to. If, when she's not here, she'll tell me I'm not here today because of the, I have to go here or there or there. Always consistent. Do you understand? Yet, you won't see her leading prayer. She prays with the prayer warriors. But you won't see her doing something very you will call significant in the church, standing and, 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 and conducting something. But she's very important. Yeah? Silently cooking for people. <laughs> it's true. I'm just using as an example. I can make, there are many, many, many examples in the church. So don't feel jealous or feel bad that I didn't use you. I'm preaching and she's the one that, the window that came. 
you see. And all these little, we must overcome them in church. Do you understand? It, it affects the preaching. It affects the, the, the sharing of the word. Don't, 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 don't give me freedom to share. If today I want to preach with Mama, Mama Lou, next day I want to preach with, with, uh, with um, Auntie Evelyn or Sister Evelyn. Allow me. Let the word be nice and sweet, isn't it? Yeah. So, 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 so there's, there's, there's a difference in the, the point four and point five. That's what I'm trying to tell. So one is a type. So a type can be a hindrance. And also, when you also talk about the size, it can also be a hindrance. Do you get a difference? Yeah. So despising the smallness of the gift and then also despising the type of the gift. So you have five points now, isn't it? Number six. Moving through very quickly. Is it number six? It's not number five. It's number six. Because I gave you two points in one. All right. So everybody's okay? So what's number one, quickly? So what are we talking about? Reasons why people don't use their talents. Isn't it? And we said number one is what? Number two is what? Hiding your gifts. Number three is what? Fault finding. Number four is what? Despising the type of gift. Number five is what? Despising the smallness of the gift. All right? So we are at number six. So number six is, we're almost done. Number six is overestimating your abilities. Overestimating your abilities. All right? Matthew 25, verse 15. Let's go back to 25, 15. So it says, unto, unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Sometimes people think of themselves as being above certain tasks. They feel demeaned by being asked to do certain jobs. Perhaps you think that your gift is too small and that you deserve to do more in the house of the Lord. Do not forget that the fact that Jesus gave talents according to abilities. You cannot do everything and you are not qualified or even able to do certain things. Amen. So listen, we have to be humble. Stay in your rank. Do you get it? Yes. Stay in your rank. It's one of the difficult things sometimes. It's true. I, I, I get challenged sometimes. In America, the culture in America makes it even worse. Because America has a culture of America has a culture of entitlement. It's very strong here. It's very different from where I come from. America has a culture of entitlement. And when you stay here for a bit, you also start getting entitled. Yes. You see, when we were in California recently for Mega's wedding, Apostle shared a little illustration with somebody going to the motor vehicle. You remember, Emma? Yes. The motor vehicle. And he gave an example of there's a long queue at the motor vehicle department. And people want to go in. Okay? And I didn't know, but it's true. Some parts of, even like in New Jersey, it's very easy to just walk in, like where, where we are in South Jersey. It's very easy, I'm sure in your area too, very easy to go into motor vehicle. But when you go up north, you, it, you, can't, you are not guaranteed to go into the office today. Because there's also a long queue, and then maybe around 4, 15, the hotel is finished. From here, the rest of you come back and come and queue again tomorrow. So the question, or what the point he was making was that, let's say you went in line for a long time, okay? And then, all of a sudden, Maybe you were the last person they even cut off. They said, okay, from, from uh, anyone behind you cannot come in, but the rest can come in. And then they bring you in, last minute. But when you got in, it was still very crowded in time, like it usually is, and there are no seats. <laughs> are you now going to start arguing, where, why do I have nowhere to sit? Why, why is it that I'm in the motor vehicle office, but there are no chairs? Would you rather not be grateful that, hey, I could easily, they could have told me easily to come tomorrow. But instead I'm in. You see, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, the attitude of a person who is not holding on to entitlement. 
But we easily get into entitlement. You always feel like I should be here. I should be this. It should have been me. I should be the one to have been called. I should have done, done this. I should have I should have been the one to lead this. I should have been, I should have been. I should. This idea might say something bad about America. It's true, isn't it? Yes. But where most of us came from, everything was okay. If it didn't work, oh, thank you. <laughs> Can I share with you a secret? Doctors who got trained outside America and come here, all right? You have to grow up and come out of a cultural shock. Because when I was trained in Ghana as a physician, look, I was almost like above the law. I had a sticker on my car with a doctor's logo. I mean, you can be stopped, you know, in, 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 where I come from in Ghana. The, the police officer, most of them are on, on, on AD11. You know AD11? That's the number plate of the cars they use. It means walking on foot by on foot. There are no cars to drive. <laughs> and, and you just came from Ghana. Is it not true? Yes. And when a policeman stops you, maybe because your registration is slave through or anything. Look, one day I was stopped because my registration had, was, yeah, I didn't even notice it. When he stopped me and he saw the logo, he stopped. When he saw, then he just quickly came back, just as though I was a captain. <laughs> I was a captain in there. Yeah. So when I came here, you know, when I was young, I used to drive fast. I still sometimes drive. It's not a good thing to drive fast because I move around a lot. When they stop you sometimes here, and even when you tell a physician, it, it rather even annoys them. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. And the practice of medicine now here, it, it's a collaborative effort. It, it, it's a teamwork. You see, it's a team. When you talk about patient centered medical home, now it, it's a teamwork, not just a physician sitting and, you know, with, his, with a big desk. And no, they, if, it, typically, there's no even a, a designated place that's so special for a, a physician to say, we're all working. Yeah. Same computers. And when a patient is seen, it's a team. You have your behavioral health, you have your dietitian, you have your pharmacist, you have, we're all talking, you know. You know, I can say, I, want, I think I should give this patient medication A. Then the pharmacist will say, oh, I think B will work better. Then the, 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 the behavioral person will think that, oh, I think yes, because of this, maybe you should even try C. Then we come to a compromise, then we prescribe. So when you come here with this entitlement thing, <laughs> hey, when I was doing my, my residency at Beth Israel Medical Center, I was in my, my second or third year, I think, and then they, there came this guy from Pakistan, all right, from Pakistan, a physician. Are you listening? People will like stories, so when I start stories, then everybody's is hyped. So I'm watching the time because I have to stop very soon. So this guy was my genius during residency. So when, when, when you're taking calls, overnight calls, usually it's one senior and one, so maybe the third year and the first year, okay? So, and of course, seniority counts. You know, it's like we've sown our seeds, so when you're in third year, it's also time to relax a little. You are usually not the first in line. So you stay in the call, on call, maybe take a little nap or read usually, and then the first year will go and then they'll come and report to you, and then you discuss, and if you have to go out and check the patient, that's the hierarchy. So this guy, whenever I'm on call with him, I realize, and not just me, everybody was complaining. This guy has a little bit of pomposity with him. Do you see? He expects that, hey, Charlie, we are all doing the work, or actually you should rather even go. And it was a problem. I mean, we are both doctors. You see, but he, I'm a small senior doctor. It's not even by, he wasn't even, my, I don't think he was even that, even older than me. Do you see? But he expects you, the senior, to go even with him or even go, and then he would rather be resting. So one day, you listen to this, listen to this. So one day I tried, I tried talking to him and I tried to get a little background with, 
After I spoke for him, I said, uh-huh. Now it explains the whole thing. Do you know who he was? He was the deputy secretary or minister of health in the army. <laughs> in his country in Pakistan. Do you get it? Yes. A whole deputy minister. I said, hey. Deputy minister of health in his country. And he was a high-ranking, he was a high-ranking milit- military officer. I forgot, either Colonel or very close to one of the higher ranks, approaching even a general. You see, but then he had decided to come to America and do residency. So he still carried that thing. He wants to sit behind the desk, cross his legs, put his legs on the table, drink, sip coffee. And give instructions from behind there. It doesn't work a lot. But I understood him. <laughs> understood him. I understood him. Do you see? But I'm talking about that, that sense of entitlement. It's not a good thing. It's not a very good thing. What point are we on? Point number one. What was point six again? Overestimating. Your ability. So don't, don't overestimate your You see, it's a spiritual thing we are doing here. It's not democracy. So whatever, whatever. Are you understanding? It's not democracy. It's not by popular vote or, or what people think about. It's a spiritual thing. You see, so even the pastor looks at you and says, look, I think maybe you should be the doorkeeper. It's a spiritual assignment. Do you see? Take it, take it on seriously. Stand at the door and be a doorkeeper. David not say that, Charlie, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Yes. And then you are still, you'll still be blessed. Wow. Number seven, laziness. Laziness. Matthew 25, 26. Look at it. Matthew 25, 26. Number seven, laziness. So laziness is one reason why, and a more common reason why we don't use our talents. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Slothfulness. How many of you agree that we are lazy? Please. <laughs> How many of you think that sometimes laziness comes into your? Hey, some people are never lazy. <laughs> yeah. What is laziness? Uh, how do you define laziness? Let's see, let's look at it. How does a dictionary define laziness? Quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. So let me ask the question again. <laughs> now let me ask the question again. How many of you here have ever experienced unwillingness to work, to use energy, and what? And idleness. How many of you here have ever felt like not wanting to work to spend energy? How many of you? Aha! Uh-huh. Now ask the Lord to forgive you all your sins. <laughs> yeah. But you see, sometimes what happens is our, our laziness is selective. We choose to be lazy towards this, but okay with this one. Aha. Uh-huh. And sometimes the incentives apparent incentives. I use the word apparent incentive because it, it, it's only apparent. Because you'd be amazed that even what you thought had more incentives actually had less incentives. Yes. Yes. Spiritual work, if you really know what you are doing, the incentives are higher. The benefits are higher. Amen. 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 Yeah. Some of you serving the Lord. Charlie, you know, many years ago, the Apostle Joel used to tell us that our children would always do well. Our children would always do well. He said, even if they try to go away, it's like they're on the leash, they'll come back. Believe it. Anyone who serves God, believe it. It doesn't matter how it looks today. It doesn't matter how the picture looks today. Believe that your child cannot go far. Yes. Amen. Number eight. Is it number eight or number seven? Number eight. So number eight is 
not wanting to be cheated. Yes. That attitude of monkey they work, baboon they chop. This attitude means monkey works and baboon eats, enjoys the privileges. Monkey they work. It's broken, uh, how do you call it, English? What kind of English is it? What, what, I'm trying to explain to you, Satya. Give me a better word. What is broken? Is it broken? She doesn't know broken. Pigeon English. Uh-huh. You're not talking. Yes. So, so monkey, they work. I don't even understand because monkey and baboon, there are all kinds of monkeys. Eh? But monkey is not a primate. Are you a science student or a nurse student? <laughs> Everybody stretch forth your hand and say, Pastor Kobe, we forgive you. Yes. Let's talk after church. <laughs> Amen. So that, that feeling of being cheated, it's, it's enough to. Do you see? Yeah. It's like, oh, why should I come and do this? And, and then, and then, as for Reverend, he doesn't even show up. Then he comes and then he comes to stand and he's taking all the glory. Yeah. Sometimes when I hear it, 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 it makes me sad. Because you have no idea what I've done in this church. Yes. Maybe I should start, I should start elaborating and be like a fool. Like Paul said, I'm, I'll, work, I'll talk like a fool. Yeah. I've done everything in this church. From ushering to cleaning to, to everything. Yeah. <laughs> I still do. I still do. People stop me, but I, I still will. Cleaning is it's not a problem for me. I clean at home. I help my wife if, if, if I have to help her. Yeah, those of you who don't help your wives. You never lift a finger. You see a wife struggling. Yeah, she's come back from work. She's, she has to cook. She has to clean. She has to do something for the kids. She has to do everything. I mean, what kind of a man are you? What kind of a man are you? Men help. Do you understand? Yes. Men help. And men should help. It's okay for a man to sweep. It's okay for a man to vacuum. It's okay for a man to take the trash out. It is okay. It's okay. It doesn't make you less of a man. In fact, it makes you even more of a man. A man that even your wife will even love more. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> what a shock. Some of the men are, are looking at me like I need to walk around with a bulletproof. I'll get one. <laughs> so not wanting to be cheated, isn't it? Philippians 2, 5 to 7, quickly. Philippians 2, 1. Philippians 2, 5 to 7. He said, let this mind be in you, which was, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. That's why Christ was, or Christ is. Hmm? He didn't hold on to the Father. He was equal to God. That he was a son, equal to the Father. Huh? And the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he didn't hold on to it, but he humbled himself. He humbled himself into, even unto death on the cross. Shameful death. Just to get things done. Things that need to be done. So how come you, you, are, you are so holding on to onto yourself and feel like if you do something, then you are being cheated? Yeah. That's one of the difficult things in ministry, which we all have to overcome. To be able to even serve under someone who you have been around longer. To be able to serve under someone that you feel you are even higher than. Yeah. A lot of the new bishops that we have now, I mean, they were all bishops. Some, in fact, some of them, even when I was going for shuffling, they were not, which is like the highest 
you know, meeting with, in, 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 in the Lycos or lay ministry, they were not even coming. Some of them were like my contemporaries at, at, the, <clears throat> at, the, at the shuffling conferences who cried together and, be, you know, pushed around the, in the red chair together and all that. But today they are my bishops. And I, I respect them and refer to them as bishops. Amen. Not wanting to be cheated. Wickedness. Wickedness. Matthew 25, 26. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. I mean, it's wickedness. If you read this book, Bishop talks about a very simple, very, very illustrative story of a, a person, a very devout Christian, who knew how to swim. And he refused to help on his way to work. He refused to help um, um, a little girl who was drowning. Yeah. Because he had to get to work early, had meetings, and so he, he, he overlooked. The girl was drowning. I need somebody. People were, there were people standing by who could, could not swim, so they couldn't jump into the water. And they were asking, can anybody swim? Can anybody swim? Nobody could swim. But he could, but he bypassed it. That's wickedness. That is, that, is, that is how it feels or it is described. That's how Jesus is describing it. When you can do something that can help somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Let me talk a little, a little, a little bit about marriage. Now, some of you have received many blessings from marriages, marriage counseling in this church. You understand? Yeah. You must even be ready to avail yourself to younger ones who need a similar help. Or, think about it, invite somebody to church. Introduce somebody to church to receive, not even just mar mar marital or marriage counseling or help, but to receive some help that you have received that has been helpful to you. Think about it. Between you and the man who looked on for a little girl to drown, it's the same. You are allowing people to drown because you are not using the ability that God has given you. It's very simple. Come to church. I'll pick you. I'll drive you to church. Driving people to church should not be a problem. Amen. And then the last one, being spiritually unprofitable, worthless, and useless. Yes. <laughs> being spiritually unprofitable, worthless, and useless. If you remember, again, Matthew 25, this is how Christ described it. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Unprofitable. Why unprofitable? Because so much was expected of, 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 of him, and he didn't produce it. When you read Isaiah 55, is it Isaiah 55 or Isaiah 5? I think it's Isaiah 5. Yes. The vine, the vine. God talks about how he plants a, a, a vineyard and he expects particular fruits from the, from the vine, vineyard, vineyard. And then he comes and it's rather wild, wild fruits. No, it's not wild fruits he wants. He wants the real one. That's how it is. So then that vineyard is unprofitable. It's useless to him. May that not be your story. I said, may that not be your story. Bow down your heads as we close. Father, why don't you close your eyes, everyone? Put your hand on your heart and just pray for yourself. This is a very solemn moment. I believe that this message is spoken to some of you. You may have talent that you have not used. And one of the ten reasons could well describe why you are not using your talent. I want you to ask God to help you. Ask him for forgiveness. And then ask him to help you. And pray and determine in your heart that from today, you will make use of the talent that God has given to you. Come on, pray. 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 Speak to God. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Jesus. Speak to him. Speak to him. Yes. Yes. Katomaya. 
Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. With every head, every head bowed, <clears throat> every eye still closed. If you are here today, you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior quickly. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ right now. I'll help you. Or you're here and you feel like you've walked away from God. You're not where you should be with God. Your stand with God is not as strong as it should be. I want to help you get restored. Lift up that hand. Let me pray with you. Anyone here? Anyone here? Anyone here? Anyone here? You want to say, Reverend, pray with me. Pray with me now. Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Why don't you say this after me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for me. This morning, I received the price that you paid for all my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my healer. Be my deliverer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right. Beautiful. So...